Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in today. Today's episode is brought to you by Bluefish Design in Scottsdale, Arizona. Bluefish Design is a full-service marketing ad agency. They can work with you on your website development, your interactive and digital media, your logos, your branding, your rebranding, whatever it takes to take your company to the next level. Go ahead, look them up online. They're amazing people. They'll take good care of you at www.bluefish.com. That's B-L-U-F-I-S-H.com. And now for today's episode. Uh, today's episode, we sit down with Sean Tevick, our good friend who used to be the wine director for Cowboy Chow, Cashmere, Seesaw. He currently works for Taub Family Selections. Uh, he's worked with Thomas George Winery. He's a wealth of knowledge, and he wanted to come in, spill the truth a little bit more about sulfites. Honestly, we didn't talk as much about sulfites as we were thinking, uh, but this is a great conversation amongst three professional wine people. It's a ton of fun. We had a blast recording it. We really hope you enjoy. Uh, if you do enjoy the video or the podcast, you can go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, follow me on Twitter if you want to see my shenanigans. Uh, there's a lot of ways to follow us. So thank you very much. Enjoy. Dude, that tasting that we did the other night was so fantastic. I'm glad we got to drink another one of these because I was thinking about it the other day. I just love bubbles more and more and more, especially sparkling wine, Prosecco, Champagne. The Valdo tasting? The Valdo tasting was yeah. fantastic. I, like The whole night was just great, but these Proseccos were absolutely amazing. Yeah, you can move the mic and get it all nice and close to you. and like It should be able to like lean forward if you need it. And we got pretty good arms. You guys know that I am a low talker and a throat clearer. <laughs> As it goes yeah, on. we had a couple people that are kind of low talkers. We had one guest that said like every third word, so we you know like that was a tough editing one. Yeah, it was like kind of difficult. It was really like you know like one of those things where it was like hard. So Love per- that person, too. what was that like? <laughs> and it I wasn't very likable. Sometimes I didn't like it at all. <laughs> so <laughs> prosecco. I really like Prosecco. I really like Prosecco. Uh, The one problem right now that America's having with Prosecco is shitty Prosecco flooding the markets. There is a lot of shitty Prosecco right now in America. For sure. It really kills me. It does. I mean, so many people are like, oh, yeah, no, it's too sweet. I really don't like it. And I'm like, no, no, you just haven't had the good ones. And I don't, there's only a certain ways to actually guide people down the good ones. You know, you know that if you're buying Barolo or you're buying, say, maybe you like Chianti, but you know what? Then you have Chianti Classico. Then you got Chianti uh, Grand Selezione. There's levels. And if you buy a Grand Selezione, you're going to get a good one. Like, there's not going to be a crappy one out there. But when it comes to Prosecco, even though it's a DOCG or DOC maybe, it's uh, there's a lot of... It's inherent, unfortunately, with Prosecco to speak negatively of Prosecco. The market's just How getting flooded I, I, because yeah, of the popularity. I, I would like to speak only positively Tons. to everybody. Yeah. Oh, what I'm but, saying. But when you see the turquoise label, and it's $8 a bottle, and it's okay to drink it with orange juice, that, <laughs> that is what it is. Totally. That's not necessarily wine, but it is what it is. And that's, it's, that, that's a giant animal. Well, I mean, it's probably similar to the same thing of like really inexpensive beers. Like, if you're a craft beer lover and you have some really cool craft beer stuff out there, it's going to be awesome. But then, like, you see Bud Light or Coors Light or something, you go, well, I mean, it's 
beer, but it's not what we expect. It'd be like if, let's just say for some weird reason, Europe never had any American beer, and the first thing that came into the market was Bud Light. They'd be like, really? This is what you make in America? This sucks versus, you know, all the great stuff that's out there right now. Chianti's a good example of that. The wicker basket bottle. Well, you got uh, Josh, which is a mass-produced wine in here in America. There's advertisements all over, like, but they're now in the Prosecco market, and it's... I just saw that on television. It's their no, It's their number one or on skew Netflix. Now. I guess I don't have uh, regular se- television. They, it, it's, <laughs> it's taking over all their other SKUs. I mean, so they went to Italy, got a label done for them to have yes, Prosecco? Yes, they're working actually with some small producers. I haven't had the product. I, don't, I can't comment on the quality of it or what they're doing. But because of the popularity... I haven't either, but I can comment on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess we're going to anyways. It's, you drive Lamborghinis and Ferraris all day, you can look at a Hyundai and be like, you know what, that's not what we have. Well, the, the Italian market is really great at capitalizing on trends and jumping and almost overcapitalizing in a way. They say, oh, Chianti's big in America, and all of a sudden now they just ship every piece of Chianti they can to America, whether it's right. good or bad or indifferent, and they had to put laws in place to make the wine better. Right now with Prosecco, Prosecco's one of the fastest growing sparkling products at growing in America. It's growing faster than champagne. It's growing faster than cava. It's growing faster than domestic, whatever they call it here. Sparkling, sparkling wine. Sparkling wine. Right, right. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, price helps too. That's the other thing. But I, like Sean said, having a product you're having with uh, orange juice, you're having mimosas, Prosecco's perfect for that. Yeah. Well, I talked to a friend earlier today who was vehement about, uh, oh, cool, Prosecco. This is amazing. Oh, thanks for the bottle. Uh, I, it'll save me a trip to the, to the store this Sunday when I go and, and, and buy a bottle of orange juice and a bottle of Prosecco. <laughs> this, I mean, Valdo, we had the other night, that's a, it's a different animal. It's a completely different animal. I mean, it literally is the family that started... Make sure everybody sees what we're drinking. Good. So this, this is... I've had... I've been lucky because he poured me some... Prosecco back at the house. Although I guess was that Prosecco or single vineyard Moscato? No, we had Proseccos. I mean, we had some of the the, single vineyard stuff. Yes, from uh, Cartite Vineyard and Crede. Crede, yeah, man. That's Mm -hmm. I remember having those and thinking myself, "Wow, that's really, really, really good." Because I had the turquoise bottle, and what's the uh, the orange one that kind of looks like Vuv Clicquot, but it's the Prosecco. It's like the seven dollar one, same label, and it was it's sweet, it's bad, it's whatever it begins with an M. When he poured this last night, I was I sat there for a good ten minutes. I didn't even take a like a drink from it at first because I couldn't believe how great it smelled, and it was blown away. Like I really was like I'm drinking a high end champagne basically. It's at nowhere near the cost of it. <laughs> but then that that's the difficulty of 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 the over a million wines that we are fortunate to be able to sell across this United States these United States, like, what is it that makes this wine better than any other Prosecco or, or, or in whatever? How to, how to extrapolate what makes Prosecco amazing? That, I mean, that, that's the challenge. Like, this is amazing because it's true. It, this is the grape. This is the grape Glera. This is, this is what Glera tastes like. There, this is true Glera. There's, there's minimal to no residual sugar. Glera to me, has this like unctuousness, like um, almost there's like a mushroom characteristic to it, but not in a negative characteristic. So what like is it, unctuous? Unctuous, like, that word. like um, pent up. I, I just say it because I mean, there's people that are probably going to be listening. They're like, I've never heard that word before. And they're yeah, like yeah. googling it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How do you even spell <laughs> it? <laughs> U N. Yeah, U N X. 
Done. Go from there. Hashtag UNX. That's going to be a weird one for a while. UNX. That's awesome. Not unlike how we spelled Gloria last time. We're going to do that with Galera tonight. Yeah, exactly. G L E R A. So. Uh, Valdo, you were saying the other night was we're having fun, right? The most sold prosecco in all of Italy, yeah, or like the iconic one. Valdo is the most most sold, the number one selling prosecco in in Italy across the board. Not because of any sort of uh, marketing or a the Budweiser of of prosecco of Italy or anything like that. It just that is that is what the grape Galera tastes like. When you drink Clara, that's what it tastes like. It, it is, Jonathan, to your point, I mean, like, it's so effervescent. You can sit and smell it for a few minutes. And yeah, I mean, when I, when it was given to me, it was one of those. I've had some Proseccos where, even with, you know, even with the sparkling wine that like, kicking off all the effervescence, some are just muted down and dumbed down. Like the, uh, what's the first label of this called? The one that the other one we had. Brute? Just the regular, yeah, just we call the regular. it just DOC, the yeah. Brute DOC. So it was great. The nose was more like full, but yet there wasn't a ton to it at first. This thing, the second I smelled it, it hit me with the freshest peaches and like citrus flavor. And I was just like, oh my God, like actually this has a potent nose to it. Like you can hold it a good like couple inches from your face and it's just, it's, and the one thing I love about it was it was a fresh nose. There wasn't... I don't like that bready, yeasty characteristic some some champagnes get, like the toastiness. That's why I like Prosecco more. I like the raciness of it, the the freshness, the fruitiness that kind of comes out. Or in some cases, you get a crazy one. It's just straight minerality to it. So, But they also cheat kind of because I always tell people, if you're going to buy the best Proseccos in the world, you buy them from Valdobbiadene, which is the where the best Prosecco comes from. And then they name the wine Valdo. So <laughs> it kind of makes it easy on the American public. Or oh, makes I didn't it even easy. realize that. Uh, now thing? that I see that. Yeah. yeah. Valdo Badene. Yeah. But, but Valdo's only been in the U.S. since, uh, like, 09. So who you guys met, my buddy, uh, Matteo Bola. Shout out to Matteo. Yeah, cool dude. Really cool dude. Yeah, he was. He was Fantastic awesome. Fantastic DJ. Amazing dude. He, I listened uh, to his Burning Man thing. It was, it was pretty good. Did? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and he'll be back... I don't know. It is, at some point in the future, and we'll hang out. But his his great great grandfather started the company and then sold it to a much larger American company when they started importing in the '60s. And then that his his last name Bola. Everyone knows what what that is anyway. So is what it is. But yeah, Valdo. Is, when you're in Italy, that's what that's what Valdo Vidano is 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 called. Is, is you just call it Valdo. Yeah, I mean it's it makes it so easy though on the global consumer because yeah. you know the word Valdo Biadene is associated with quality prosecco, and then you just call your wine Valdo. Yeah, Valdo. Yeah, that's the, the New York fun. accent still kills me sometimes when I'm talking when I'm talking about wine. Plus, Valdo. It, it's a great way to start the night off. To be honest, I mean, I think every night should begin and end with bubbles. Let's us three start a winery in Arizona called what? Bubbles. We'd sell it to strip clubs. Bubs. Bubs. I I really definitely think we should make a really cheap and expensive champagne that the only purpose of it is is to spray on people. (laughs) That's it. No, you don't drink it. You just grab the bottle. You shake it. You just spray it on everybody. Well, By the way, make it no sugar so nobody gets sticky and gross afterwards. But man, you just 
sell a crap ton of that. The other thing is that for years, champagne producers sponsored a lot of the, the races around Europe. And when they won, they took the big 15-liter bottle, they sprayed it all over people, and they celebrated. I'm seeing more and more Prosecco producers fill in that gap. Well, so we talked about that on one episode. It wasn't started, it was like more of a recent thing. Like it was in the 60s or 70s or something. And it was from a Formula One thing. And the guy was supposed to drink it as his sponsorship. He was supposed to drink it, but he didn't know that. So he just took it. And when he popped it, it sprayed. And in a habit, like he kind of just did this onto people. And ever since then, that was the celebration. Like everybody went, oh, he accidentally sprayed people with it because he won. And then every time, championship, sprayed on somebody. Uh, I saw the Wimbledon one, the guy who was spraying it. Every Formula One race, for sure. One year later, Triple X movies started. Triple X, yeah. Every club cranked their prices. (laughs) Crank. Yeah, that was a a term then that developed from that. I believe it. So when it comes to Prosecco's, I'm going to just tell anybody that's actually listening, the one word to look for is Valdobiadene. actually listening. Or you know what I'm saying now. For for, for a lot of you that are out there. Or are the people that are watching. Look for the word Valdobiadne. And if you don't know what it is, just look for a V and a whole lot of syllables and consonants. Yeah, I wasn't going to try and do that. I'm glad you did it. There's a lot of Bs in this thing. Because I don't know if that weird blue label, if it is. No. It's not. Nope. Um, when you're in a wine shop, I would say something like 70% of them that are out there do not say Valdobiadne on the bottle. But it That's still says Prosecco. It just says Prosecco. It's and, interesting. But it's just like saying... I'm drinking Cabernet, or you're drinking Napa Valley, or you're drinking Howell Mountain. There's, there's different tiers. Right. Just because you're drinking California Cabernet, it might be from Temecula. Right. So just drinking Prosecco, granted the Prosecco has a region, but it might be coming from outside of certain areas. Whereas within the Val d'Obiadne, then you also have single vineyards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes. and, and so it gets I mean, better and better and better. When I'm, and opinions, yeah. but I know for a fact that the Cartizze Vineyard is the most expensive vineyard in all of Italy. It's more expensive to own property on Cartizze than anywhere in Barolo. Which is crazy, because it's like a $30 bottle. It's over a million euros per hectare in Cartizze. That's insane. It's For Prosecco. For Prosecco. And it's, it's, not, an ex- mo- it's not that expensive no. of a bottle either. I mean, it's expensive for, for Prosecco, Prosecco. Which is weird, because people don't get it. But it's cheaper than champagne in some cases. People will spend... $50 on cheap champagne, but a $50 Prosecco people cringe at. Yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah, no, no, nobody <laughs> pays like, $50 on a, on a bottle of Prosecco. Prosecco is, is mind-blowing, but that's that's what you're going to spend for Cartizze. Well, so, you know, we, we import um, Ferrari, and, and that, for the longest years running, like the highest rated sparkling producer by Gambaroso, um, just won again... For 2019, the sparkling producer of the world by the champagne and sparkling wine continue. I mean, like the, the, the biggest thing that, that that rates everything bubbly. Is um, that Ferrari like actually Ferrari the car? Like they have their own thing? No, or it's is before, it just a lucky name? That, no, Giulio Ferrari, amazing dude. At the end of the 1800s. Um, was obsessed with champagne, moved to champagne from Trento, Italy, um, worked for an amazing winery in champagne after about eight years, thought, you know, I can do this in Trento, uh, moved back to Trento, planted Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, 
And that's what started the Trento DOC that's wines. crazy. Yeah, it, never, it, yeah, never heard that story. Oh, so it's amazing. That's a really cool story. It's amazing. I just assume Ferrari just bought something. That's a whole other story, and I think we should almost save that for another episode. Yeah, Tr- yeah, yeah Trento yeah, DOC. Yeah. Exactly. Because Do a Trento one. Tr- but Trento DOC is basically almost like champagne made in Trento. That's what it's called. They call it Trento Doc. They actually exactly they yeah, say Trento Doc. Doc. Yeah, exactly. Trento, but Trento Doc. Doc is like champagne. It's almost like um, French Corta in a way. Very much so. Well, so oh, well, that's but, but, but different. I get it, but I'm just trying to make it kind of. But Dumb it down. far superior yeah. than anything else. Sparkling. I've had, it, it, and that is also a very tough sell in America. I, exactly. Because you're now trying to sell an Italian champagne, method champenois wine from Northern Italy called Trento Doc. Which, that's, that's one thing that was amazing about the marketing was to make champagne what it is to the point where the name is when you see bubbles, you think champagne. And still to this day, 90% of the people walk into the winery, whatever, go, oh, I see you've got uh, champagne on your menu. I'm like, well, it's, a, it's my sparkling Gewürz demeanor. It's not champagne. When we went to the party at your cousin's house, we, we showed up with a bunch of Proseccos, and the, one, and, the, and the girl comes up and goes, oh, you brought champagne. And then she kind of cringed. She goes, oh, wait, you're the wine guys. I can't, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not supposed to say that. She literally was like, oh, my bad. What I'm is not this supposed actually? to say that. Like, and no, I, was like, I was like, call what you want. It's called bubbles. It doesn't matter. We're, we're going to drink it. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's all that great marketing of why... You know, you call champagne or Kleenex instead of a facial tissue or post-it notes or and vice versa. Frisbee. Frisbee. Yeah. And vice versa. The other thing you get is sulfites. <laughs> but that oh. is but that is what You is. get the negative connotation of well, exactly. it. But that's what's difficult about the world of wine. So are there any sulfites in this bottle? Because we're going to talk a lot about sulfites. Also, am I, well, am I smelling it sulfites is. when it effervescence oh, no. kicks this off? This has sulfites. Is this going to give me a headache, Sean? It is wine. And it is on the planet Earth. <laughs> so technically in this atmosphere, there is sulfites in wine. I found in out this atmosphere on this planet. I found out something. The human body contains 10 times the amount of sulfites naturally in your human body than any wine has. Doesn't so matter. what it's you're saying you. is there's, there's sulfites in you? Yes. So if you're if you are... And if they're not there, they will be later. They will be later. So it's Friday the 13th. Yeah. I'm stoked. I, Does that make you a horner, baby? Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike Myers. <laughs> oh, they're making a fourth one, by the that's way, a, right That's now. a double yeah. bad joke because... Because, I mean, bad jokes Jason are awesome. Voorhees was... Yeah, Mike Dude, Myers. It's, it's not a... Michael, no, no, Michael Myers. No, yeah, well, that was, that was uh, oh my Halloween, God. not Friday the 13th. I, but oh, wait. Oh, Michael Myers I, is Halloween. I, I just... I, 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 I was yeah, like, Jason Voorhees. I'm making a double bad joke. God, the wrong... You know what the worst thing about that movie, by the way? Halloween with Mike Myers is if you can fucking skip you can get away from Mike Myers like how does he kill 20 people when all it takes is you just to just skip the fuck away <laughs> it's, it's kind of that way with a lot of those movies I mean same thing with like Jason Voorhees like oh yeah he never really ran it was but he was sneaky Mike Myers just walks straight at you and you're like yeah. okay but well again, he's coming like alright um, but I again, guess just run does that make you horny baby? <laughs> Mike Myers yeah. coming. <laughs> yeah. All right, so for everybody listening, this is our uh, second episode with Sean Tevik. Um, they literally just get better and better. For, former SOM and restaurant buyer here in town. Well, you're still a SOM. Are you actually an official Mike SOM? Do you actually have your SOM degree or anything? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, went, yeah, I, went I, got, I got my level one is when they call it level one back in the day, so introductory, but I never got any more. Went through initially through the, the, the full rigmarole through um, the International Sommelier Guild, ISG, 
which the master level of that, at, back in the day, like 04, was like a teaching certificate thing, 04, 05. Um, did the first couple levels through the court also when my wife was going through the court. Um, but yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, baby. Did you read the article from the girl from Australia that had her master song pin pulled because of the controversy? I did recently read that. Yes. It's a great article. And I love the fact that she kind of held her ground and said, you know what? I'm, I'm accomplishing what I want to accomplish. And you know what? Because you pulled my pin, I don't need to go any further. Yeah. I, it, there, there's a million different things one can do in any category of any field that anyone is in. Um, that's, that, that was the one um, where she talked about drinking Manhattan's. Manhattan's, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that was a great article. It was a great article. Did you see the follow-up from the news organization that did that? There's a guy out there writing. He read her thing, and he's going off about it, too. It just popped up in this one blog I'm reading on, uh, on Reddit, and uh, it seems to get a little bit more insidious than just what she wrote. Like, there's like... I'm not... I not conspiracy person in most cases, but clearly some people at the top know, they have to know who did what and who got caught, but yet they still took everybody's stuff Correct. away. Which was horrible. And they're keeping it real fucking tight, which that sucks. Honestly, if I was going for my song, I'd always in the back of my mind be like, if somebody fucks this up for us, they're going to snatch it from me. It's like you At did, any point in any time. It's like you just passed a California bar, then you found out some guy on the other side of the country cheated, and they pull your, your bar. license. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute, we I have don't even to, know this guy. And the fact that they claimed we're keeping our integrity, which, by the way, I get. I get you have to keep a standard, but you also just set a terrible precedent. Like, if you really, like, vengefully want to go after somebody, you could just be like, oh, I sent off, you know, an email to this thing and got everybody to cheat, and then, all right, cool, well, we're pulling everybody's thing. Nope. It's, but but the organization as a whole has never had to deal with this before, so it's it's it nope. would be difficult. It was for the anyone heaviest handed thing they could have done in the world of social media, where we all have an opinion. True, on things. we're all armchairing this one. Exactly, we're, we we all have an opinion on things that. Uh, we got plenty of glasses. It's like I said, man. Okay, it's cool. it's one of those things where I get both stories, but the. Real, I think the absolute, obviously biggest losers of the whole thing were the people who had their psalms or their master psalm taken away. I, the hardest test. This isn't really something that I would imagine. For however, a long time the, you'd want to redo it. However, though, the people that did have it removed, they were offered to have it reinstated. They were offered full compensation for um, travel, hotel, everything to go take it again. Which is a good way of making things kind of right. Yeah. So was it just the, the one the, thing, the, by the way? Just the tasting the, the portion? Were, I believe what the article said there was two wines that they said there was going to be a Cote Rhone and a Pinot Grigio. Yeah. But for example, I it was only it was only the tasting portion. Correct. So in um, theory, they passed the other sections. Yeah, they passed theory, and then all they'd have to redo is go back and do that. Which, by the way, I know it sounds crazy. All they have to do, but that's obviously no. insanely uh, oh, difficult. Someone I respect an awful lot in the business who's up in Vegas. And she studied her ass off. She passed the test. She got her master. She had it pulled. When she retested, the amount of stress and everything that was going through her body and the anxiety, she ended up failing the tasting on her retake. How many times does she get to retake that? Just the one time? Wait, does she have to wait like a year till she can retake it or something like that? Or but are months? they giving her full compensation for as many retakes? She, she, what, do you allow two? She failed it on her second time on 
her retake. So I don't. She's going to come on the show with us next time she comes cool. to Arizona. So I'm. We'll ask I don't want to drop names or anything yeah. like that. But I, yeah, no, I respect. I, I respect her an yeah, awful yeah. lot. No, she's, and, yeah, she's amazing. Absolutely you you amazing. know who I'm talking about, probably. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I couldn't imagine being like having the biggest, literally the biggest accomplishment of your life, and then just going, listen. Somebody else cheated, therefore we have to take it away from you. Okay, I, like I, I don't even know how I would. This girl on our shows, she's like, I'm literally drinking. She's like, I get home at night and I normally don't drink. She goes, I'm finding myself drinking Manhattans every single night now. Sure, just to sleep at night. I mean, that's rough. But to to your point though, that to get through that and then and not have that happen, the not to go back to Valdo Prosecco, but the the. The show that we went to the other night with with Valdo there, that that particular aerobatic producer, aerobatic plane instructor yeah. and 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 plane, I don't know. Yeah, what do you I mean? guess pilot. I guess I, I, obviously he's a pilot, yeah. but trick pilot. He's but he's one of like think seventy of the five racing. people that can do that. Yeah. So he was comparing it and why he's aligned with wineries because he aligns himself with master sommeliers, where there's only you know less than two or less than 300 in the U.S. through the court. Anyway, he is less than 90 in the world of what he does as far as acrobatic flying. So I, acrobatic flying, I don't know. I don't know what the term is. That's it, so it, cool, it, though. It, it, well, it, I, it's I the know. people who, though? like, fly is up it, I mean, and is, they hit is, the smoke and then they spin. Is Master Librarian cool? I don't know. How old is she? <laughs> I love glasses. Um, never mind. Um, so. I went to a Catholic school. My librarian was old. Like, if you told oh, her to act yeah. her age, she would have died. So, one of the reasons we actually wanted to do this episode tonight was because this is a follow-up to our sulfite episode, and Sean has a lot of knowledge, and we have a lot of fun things to talk about on this show tonight. I don't know if I have a lot of knowledge. There's some things that I know to be true. And much of what you guys said on the last episode on sulfites was amazingly true. I was just disappointed I wasn't a part of it. Well, that's why we have to get <laughs> yeah. you here. That, well, more, that, more than anything, more than anything. I mean, it's one of the reasons we wanted to continue this conversation because there's so much false information out there. Exactly. There's so much, so many people that somebody told them something and they just believe it and then, then they talk to another friend and they told them the same thing so now they just got reinforced the fact that their false information is true and now they don't even want to listen to the truth. And you try and tell them the truth, and they're going to try and fight you. And on Reddit and social media and some other Ooh, things... you got blasted on I that one. I have been fighting with people now for two weeks about this, and people do not get it. Like, I can link articles. I can link doctor's studies. I can link... doesn't matter. People are, like, so stuck in their ways. Ketchup was one of the ones that was hilarious mm -hmm. on Reddit. Exactly. <laughs> I, I don't drink a 750 milliliter of yeah. ketchup. Well, yeah, but still. Because <laughs> I, I said that... I listed all the items that have more sulfites in them like, than wine, and one was ketchup, and that was the comment. I don't drink a full 750 milliliter bottle of ketchup. Doesn't matter. Allergy is an allergy. Like, it's exactly. an allergy. <laughs> and, and we know what the allergy does if you have a sulfite allergy. You're not, you're, yeah, is, you, you had mentioned, I mean, that, yes, it, it's like, uh, it's an asthma Throat close up, yeah. It's, if yeah. you have a sulfite allergy. If so, you have a peanut allergy, I can't eat peanuts on a plane. Like, this doesn't matter how many peanuts there is. Like, they're like, oh, so-and-so in row 32 has a peanut allergy, so we're not serving peanuts today. I mean, I fly a plane once a week, and I have a penis. So if you have a penis <laughs> allergy, I don't yeah. know what to do. I can't not get on the plane. That's, That's why, why you're take, always scratchy? 
That's why you take private planes now. (laughs) Yeah, taking private planes around. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. That's funny because every time I hear a piano, my allergies go up. I just have a penis allergy. So I I found out this as I was going down the rabbit hole that white wines have more sulfites than red wines even. Four times as much. Three to four times as much. Because everybody thinks red wines. Like, oh, I can't drink red wines because of the sulfites. And I didn't realize, to be honest, like a lot of what we talked about in this last episode was stuff that I've read but it has inspired me to read more and go deeper down this rabbit hole of sulfites mm-hmm. and the sulfite yeah. allergy, how it affects you, what it does to you, and some of the gimmicky devices out there, which we're going to get into here in a little bit. Well, yeah, like one of the big things is, is reading up on sulfite. And what I learned from it through chemistry is when you actually take like chemical things and break it down on how it binds to and neutralizes or kills something – Sulfites can't bind to a shit ton of things. Therefore, it can't affect you. It just can't do it. So therefore, it's just kind of this inert thing that just, it loves to bind with oxygen and it loves to kill germs. That's really it. Like if you it's a snorted very, a bag of sulfites, simple, you'd probably have a problem. It's a super, super simple natural organism. Super simple. I mean, I, I started looking at it um, super early on in my wine career. Um I'm thinking like 2002-ish, 2003, so if I'm 41 now, I'm in my early 20s, when my, my, my mother was diagnosed with uh, lupus, the, it's like a Seinfeld joke. Uh, it's also the, a house The bad, the house bad lupus, it was a, the bad lupus, not the good lupus, but the bad lupus, but is there a good lupus? No, there is not. <laughs> if um, it's on house, everything is lupus. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and then... Uh, and another sort of dis- debilitating uh, intestinal disorder, um, much of what her doctor at the time was talking about sulfites being a giant like instigator in, in affecting these disorders or these diseases. And even early on then, looking into it, what they were saying, like, no, this is not a thing for... From my point of view, anyway, this is not a thing. Like, okay, don't drink red wine. Just stick with white wine because there's less sulfites. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. No. The, the reason for, <clears throat> excuse me, the reason for sulfites in wine is, is super simple. Super, super simple. There's, there, there, there is nothing about adding sulfites, which are a natural byproduct of fermentation, into wine and you will see more sulfites in white wines obviously jonathan you know as a winemaker because uh if, you, if you're going to arrest uh malolactic conversion of acids you'll got a tiny bit that. of uh yeah you'll add a little bit of sulfites to arrest the bacteria that naturally converts malic into well isn't that how they also do like Rieslings are like sweet. If you want to keep your wine sweet, you add sulfites to kill off the yeast for the most part or stun it enough that they become inoculate. And well, inoculate. I also think word. with white Anyways. wines, if, if your red wine ends up a little cloudy, it's okay. No one's really going to notice. But if your white wine ends up destabilizing, gets cloudy, and changes color, it starts looking bad. You get a sulfite free case of wine, and you could have 12 different shades of white wine in that one case because yeah. the wine hasn't been stabilized. Whereas if it's a red wine, you're probably not even going to notice. You're not really going to notice in some cases. So, have you? By the way, I, I gotta ask: Is there sulfites in liquor? Vodka, scotch, tequila? Oh, cool. There's sulfites, sulfites in everything. In there's sulfites. 
But I'm not afraid that added added sulfites into like do they take a whiskey in a barrel and I'm assuming, dump sulfites into it? I'm yes. Assuming, yeah, but to, it's but to, the alcohol is so to high clean, to clean a barrel. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But like if you're if you've got the you're doing an 18 year scotch, it's in the barrel. Like I top up because of our pressure, it's air pressure and temperature for our winery. I add sulfites roughly every three weeks to our barrels. Very little, like you know, just enough to keep that stabilization going mm-hmm. on and everything. Because by the way, sulfites are added based upon atmosphere, pressure, and temperature. So and pH level, obviously, exactly. which are very important. But if you have a whiskey, mezcal, kit, whatever, rum in a thing, do they just walk by a barrel and add sulfites to it? Or do they well, just leave it because the alcohol is so damn would high? Would be whatever degree or what what situation would need that, but certainly. Would they? Okay. I just it, didn't know everything. if alcohol could go bad that way. But if you're doing vodka, it's a distilled product. You're not barrel aging. Well, you're not barrel aged. Have you seen so, barrel aged vodka has been coming out, by the way? I just saw a commercial for it and I went, really? Like, cool. But, you know, a lot of people say like that they drink certain vodkas because they're gluten free, which is total bullshit also because it's a distilled product. Once you distill vodka, there's not any gluten in it. It's, it's vapors that come off. They cool down and drip down. And I've talked to vodka producers about this. It's a gimmick. It's a sales technique. So like, yeah, so they great they, grapes, grape vodka, grape vodka, potato vodka. Potato like vodka. I only drink Chopin because it's made with potatoes. Well, you can, you can go to Monrovia, California, any day of the week, and go to the warehouse and see whatever frosted bottle on the top shelf of Safeway that you buy from. You can see those bottles going through, and then we'll take a quick break. Then you can see the middle shelf go through, and it's all from. Russia or Poland or Poland or wherever, yeah. wherever it is all the way to the bottom. I mean, dude, this is really good. This is Sancerre is really good. Sorry. I just finally took my first sip of it and it was like really good. <laughs> so yeah, this is Saget Sancerre. Is this done in barrels or mallowed or anything? Cause it's so much softer than other Sancerres I've had. Not barrel, just pure, True deliciousness. It's sort of like one of the things when we were talking about things um, in regard to in regard to sulfites and and what fired me up this past week was hearing about things um, close people in our lives that uh, are looking more at. Natural fermentations or spon- what, what, what's called spontaneous fermentation, which is a term I've never heard before. Is that, <laughs> is that like premature, spontaneous I, explosions? I, I've never heard anything <laughs> like it in my entire life. Like, and, and what is it? Spontaneous like. fermentation? So spontaneous fermentation. Just fermentation? And so fermentation. Clear, you've what? worked in wineries, you've sold wine, you've been a Somme, you've worked for restaurants when they've had James Beard Awards, you've run the best wine programs here in town, and you've this is a term you've never heard of, but because it's the most stupid term I've ever heard of. <laughs> but but I, I mean that in the most loving way. So if I because <laughs> only only because it's it's a term that comes from, I, th- I believe personally that it's a term that comes from inexperience. It, it, it's from, from not understanding the full picture of how fermentation works. Fermentation is so simple. Sugar plus yeast plus temperature. So you have sugar from grapes, you have yeast in the air everywhere around us, and then you have temperature in the right temperature. Uh, roughly 70 degrees Fahrenheit. 
in that environment, fermentation occurs. So spontaneous fermentation or something to that degree is only witchcraft or... or I, Ooh, I, I like voodoo wines. I mentally right. think carbonic maceration when you say that term. I think about when you have it's all the... pressurized. When you have all the grapes... Like when you when like Bougie Nouveau. Yeah. You bring them all in, they're sitting there, they start warming up, and they just start fermenting naturally. It just starts happening. And so when you say that, that's where my brain instantly goes, is that it's a natural, spontaneous fermentation, but it's going to happen no matter what. I mean, in jail, never been there, but I heard you could just take a bunch of apples and heat them up and put them underneath your bed, and they start actually fermenting. There's a, there's a video that went through Reddit called How to Make Pruno Wine. Yeah. And somebody made it, and then I'm pretty sure vomited after they made it. No, Turlet Merlet. Well, I was always told you take a jug, of, a gallon jug of milk, you know, like empty it and clean it out, and you leave it. You put your juice in, throw some yeast, and you tie a latex glove to the top. No, and you I've watch literally the hand. Made, no, I'm telling you, it's, it's called turlet merlet. <laughs> Is that really? <laughs> I've made it in jail before. <laughs> I've literally made turlet merlet before. Oh, let's never, ever, ever. So do maybe, an maybe that's what we need to merlet. sell these people that want this wine. Hey, technically, is that organic and non-GMO? It's well, definitely but, not sustainable. But how are the sulfite levels in a wine like that? Well, exactly. Well, <laughs> who knows? I mean, because our, our bodies only exude sulfites. So it is what it is. The, the frustrating point for me is where it's so many people that I love dearly in the industry who just haven't seen the full picture or something of like, there's, there's not anybody out there doing something so terrible there's other than maybe importers or distributors or some salesperson like trying to sell a particular wine by saying, you know what, this is so good because monks made this and nobody else touched it. And you know what fermented this wine was was the crap from eagles nests or you know <laughs> a whatever specific it is. strain of eagle snake, exactly. snake whatever, juice whatever it is Fucking. like it's a dangerous. It almost seems like it's coming off of too much information that you get at the winery. Like a random couple who runs a blog or a newspaper walks into a winery in Napa and they say, yeah, you know, we do our bricks at 22% and we do fermentation in our eggshells, blah, 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 blah. And they give them so much information. And the only thing they absorbed was spontaneous fermentation, oak and sulfites. And so that they, it's the worst game of telephone ever, basically. And so then they go and write exactly. a thing about it and go, oh, spontaneous fermentation happened. But the get or the host of the winery was just telling them like it's it's a normal thing, like this is what it is. But they heard spontaneous fermentation at the super high end winery, and therefore it's a high end winery. Therefore nobody else does it except high end wines. And then from there, a thousand other people read that blog and went, oh, spontaneous fermentation. I need that. And then just boom, it just goes out into the public and social media and everything. And then a marketing director somewhere for some huge company goes, why is spontaneous fermentation being a big trend right now? You know what? Who gives a shit? Put it on the bottle. Put spontaneous fermentation on the bottle yeah. and non-GMO this and let's sell the crap out of that. And now all of a sudden it's a staple in everybody's mind. That but spontaneous fermentation same, has to be a thing. It's the same thing as like going to a winery. Um, oh my God, this, is, this tastes amazing. And then the person that, that's talking about the wine saying like, oh, well, yeah, our... our our vineyard manager who picks all the grapes, his name is Henry. Oh, and he's the best guy. Ever. <laughs> I love Henry. Oh, cool. And then like maybe a year later, you're in a winery 
you know, not maybe that was California. Maybe the next year you're in Spain and like, oh, Henri, our 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 winemaker was he picked these grapes. Oh my God. Oh, okay. Wow. I guess I only like wines picked by guys named <laughs> Henry. Henry. Like, oh, this is amazing. Oh, okay. Oh, I understand it now. Which which is okay. However, that's not necessarily the truth behind what's in the wine. Like, even the biggest guys on the block, the biggest guys on the planet, as as, as debauchery or, or as terrible as some of them are, they're all looking only to to cut corners and to cut costs. So, to add things or to manipulate wines, like. That's not a thing that really necessarily exists. I mean, to some extent, you cut it wine does. with other wine. <laughs> well, exactly, but like fermentation again, sugar plus yeast plus temperature. So, I mean, cavemen made wine. the 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 real science behind wine is how to sell a bottle of wine. We can all make a bottle of wine in our toilets or in our in our bathtub, six gallon jug in the back of your closet. Exactly, yeah. I mean, five gallon carboys. Oh I, yay, I, toilet wine, Chateau Commode. I, 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 <laughs> the, the, the best thing about living in Northern California was like being able to bring your own, like bring bring a, a, a five gallon carboy of, of homemade rosé to set on the table of, of a table is amazing. Shots like, of Newfie Doofy to poopy. Well, and it is what. It's, so where did he, I wonder where. This whole where Henry came up with spontaneous fermentation was this from something like, and I brought it up the other night. Somebody like Miner, who I respect their wines, right. but they do the wild yeast ferment and they put that on their bottle and they talk about the fact that they do their wild yeast ferment. All yeast is wild, even if it comes in a packet. At some point, sometime it's wild. Like that's like saying, "Well, we have wild lions in our zoo." Well, obviously, at some point they would have been fucking wild. <laughs> exactly. Now, where did it come from? Who know that that for me the most important thing is just the education of like what this is. So what what is spontaneous fermentation? Well, one that doesn't exist. I mean, it does because everything. It's going to ferment regardless. It's also it's not spontaneous. Ferment. They know when they're doing it. If you go through a cold soak, cold stabilization, and they go, all right, well, it's three days in. Crank the temperature up. The fermentation will start the well, second it goes above. I it, think it's what fifty eight is when it activates and seventy exactly, is like the stabilized zone. But so, along with so for me in my head space, it, it is along the same lines of the natural wine producers, people that say that they are making natural wine, which is not a, a term that exists you know legally and in, in truthfulness of, of, a, of any kind so it doesn't make any sense to say oh you're gonna piss some people off with that comment well no real thought about this <laughs> well, but is, but is, it is, it is no i know thing. It is, I, it's, it's natural wine it, I, I, wine is not natural it's not it you have to force something to be something therefore it can't be natural like if you're making right. a wine you're making the wine therefore it's not obviously natural but at the same time it naturally becomes alcohol if you if a a bundle of grapes falls onto the ground and burst open, that little puddle on the ground is just going to naturally become wine. So all wine is either natural or just the process is not natural. Get really high, by the way, and think about what I just said. <laughs> well, but that is true, though. That, I mean, immaculate conception of a <laughs> bottle of wine. Yeah. So how Immaculate how, inoculation. Yeah, you, you cannot have grapes that have sugar in them 
with the yeast in the air without human interaction of picking the grapes. So like, what is the end all goal? It all seems to come down I'm, to a marketing I'm gonna, scheme. I'm going to make a spontaneous fermentation wine, and we're going to call it Immaculate Inoculation. And it needs to come from Chateau Commode. But that's, that's <laughs> my next T-shirt. Oh, okay. we, could, we could make a... I have two t-shirts, t-shirts for you guys, but I have uh, my next T-shirt is the Immaculate Inoculation. So we need Hardcore, to make... I feel like... Metal. Yes. Oh, the yeah, metal. It's a good T-shirt. Oh, damn. And you wore the shirt, too. Yeah, what's well, right, well, my I'm wearing, I gotta wear my the, initials on it. I gotta wear the blazer next up. <laughs> totally, me too. I love it. <laughs> but we should also make a fortified wine called like Porto wine, and just have a, to- a porta party right on the label. For, from a from a marketing standpoint, I understand why these people do it, though. But it's trying to all marketing. It is. It's a marketing standpoint, and and so for people that are so near and dear to my heart, who 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 base their businesses on these things that are just marketing standpoints. It, it's like, it, for me, it, because I know how the hot dogs are made and the hot dogs are not made bad. The hot dogs are made naturally. All of them. Even the big so, guys are I making mean, the hot dogs naturally. Have you had a heart to Have you sat down, drank some Mezcal or drank some like Amaro's and had a heart to heart with these people? Or do they just not want to listen? Because they, they, they appreciate your opinion. Some, no, some people. No, yes, for sure. Some friends. Some friends, yes. Some friends, no. Yeah, some friends yeah, don't. I got friends that are don't want anti-vaxxers yeah. that are so set in their ways. That's kind of, yeah. Or flat earthers. Hey. <laughs> I got an article I'm going to send you to so, about this. I've are you pictures. really a flat earther? <laughs> no. No, but I we, love we, to talk we convince about it. everybody that he is. Yeah, I well, like to troll Jonathan, people. I've heard you talk about him. Yeah. He, he, he got earther. me, dude. He got me so good. I, I was this close to ending our relationship because he got me <laughs> so good. Wait, he was so dating? convincing. Oh, I went straight yeah. faced all, all about all about to break up. Yeah, <laughs> our 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 bro relation. What do they call that? Bros? No, I don't know what the term. Is. Anyway, it was you and your dad, and I went on a. I was so mad, dude. About a ninety minute rant about the moon landings being faked, flat Earths, and he was showing me pictures. His mind was like ready to explode. Do you guys think the moon so landings are faked. <laughs> I like to convince things of people. But do you I'm think, a salesman. But dude. do you think that they are? No. I'm a salesman. I think some of it was. I think some of it was exaggerated. I think it was part of the times. Yeah. Well, they have I the think, pictures I think, where there's the straight, I think the yeah. moon landings... It, great. I, by I, the way, it totally happened. By the way, marketing. Marketing. That's it. Hey, listen. That guy... We want to show him floating through space, but we can't do it because we can't put a thing up there. Okay, we'll attach some spring to him, throw him above a pool, and we'll edit that out. Marketing. <laughs> I only have two things about the, the moon landing thing. Once I asked it my, happened and we're going back. Conversation <laughs> over. <laughs> I asked my dad, who was living in a suburb of Minneapolis, Minnesota at the time, in the late 60s, as a kid, um, what was the television like when you were living there? Like, to watch the, the, the nightly TV news, what was it like to watch that? Like, well, it was crappy. I'm like, well, was it a constant signal? Like, no, it would go in and out. Okay, but the night the moon landing happened... You could see everything. Yeah. We could all see everything. That's the weirdest thing to me. How, how, how do you... A suburb of Minneapolis from the tower in Minneapolis every night of the year, but then all of a sudden you can send a signal from the moon. That's weird to me. In, no. Because it's not hitting mountains and clouds and stuff. We're, we're, not, we're, we're, not, not, we're not going here tonight. No, but they're on the dark <laughs> side of the moon, though. 
They weren't on the dark side, but they looked at Earth. They went, there's a picture I'm of not, I'm not going down this, this rabbit is, hole no, no, right this, now. Is, this is the best By the way, no, actually, here's the thing, because same thing with anti-vaxxers, because their whole thing is, you know, Mercury, this specific Mercury is bad. With sulfites, well, yeah, it came from the moon. It came back on the Mercury shuttle. Mercury moon, yeah. No, it came from the shuttle on the moon. <laughs> and everybody got cancer, <laughs> exactly. too. Exactly. With sulfites, there are two sulfites. There's potassium metabisulfite and sodium metabisulfite. It's still... It's two different sulfites. So if somebody says, I have a sulfite allergy, okay, which one? Which sulfite are you allergic to? Because it's two different chemicals. Or two different, yeah, chemical I, compounds. I think people just want to blame something for the fact that they drank too much wine. Are you allergic wine. to cashews or are you allergic to peanuts? <laughs> like when, when I drink way too much wine and I don't eat, I wake up the next day, I'm not blaming anybody but myself. I'm not blaming on the sulfites. It's funny. Not, I ironically blame you for all of my hangovers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> What'd I you know, do I last night? I was with Damien and my head hurts. <laughs> that, yeah. So have you seen any of these weird devices that they've come up with and different things to remove sulfites from wine? Unfortunately. Yes, but none of it's true. None of it's real. Yeah. Now, but Damien some, found some good Some ones. of these, and most of these, they sell on Amazon. Well, let's talk about... If we can go back real quick, please let's let's to, to digress the last, to the last episode also, because one of the things that irritated me so much one I I did not see the Reddit thing that you guys were talking about, so I don't know what people were talking about, but you had made mention that that was there there was a the, lot the, of discussion. The greatest comment though was about the ketchup. That, that was, was the, the one that cracked one. me up because that that's the the part that you said on the, on the episode too, like. The, yeah, I, well, I don't drink 750 milliliters of ketchup. Well, I did the math. Go on. So, drinking 750 milliliters of ketchup. <laughs> I love this. This makes me happy. <laughs> this is awesome. So, on average, and this is from, um, on average, the parts per million of SO2 in a bottle of ketchup. This is between um, between the U.S. and also... The UK and then a couple of other European medical organizations, nine hundred parts per million would be the very lowest. That like very in ketchup. In ketchup. Holy shit! Nine hundred parts per million, up to about three three thousand parts per million. That's insane. The average. Why it's always bottle. Well, because wine is. I think UK is the max you could do, or it's up to one twenty. And America is 160 parts per million. The max. But there's no reason that anyone would ever have that much SO2 It would kill the nose and the flavor of the wine. The reason to use any sulfur dioxide in a wine in the U.S. or anywhere around the world is only briefly for adjusting for the free oxygen. So the people that are inherent on obsessing about how much sulfur dioxide or SO2 is in a bottle of wine should only be asking the question how much free oxygen is in the bottle of wine. I've had dear friends who've expressed that if a um, if a if a sales sheet that has you know from a distributor to an account has all the information on a wine um, it should say how much sulfur dioxide is in is in each bottle. No, uh, 
the real question will be how much free oxygen is in the wine because that's really the only thing that would matter. Yeah. E either one will not necessarily affect the taste. Well, the, the free SO2 will not affect the taste as much as the free oxygen will affect the taste of a particular bottle of wine. So, yeah. Well, that makes sense. We were talking about how much SO2 is added into a ketchup. Because you can leave a bottle of ketchup on your counter for six months, and it's still bright red. It doesn't how, change colors. It doesn't... How many, how many sulfites do you think are in a Twinkie if it could survive a nuclear attack? <laughs> well, exactly. So for, for, your, for your buddy... Oh, I can't wait. ...who hated what you were saying about ketchup. So if, on average, a bottle of ketchup is about 900 parts per million to 3,000 parts per million so for a 20-ounce bottle of ketchup. That's an average bottle of ketchup. Um, I did... I just base it on the average, which would be 2,000 parts per... Between 900 and, and 3,000, about 2,000 parts for per million. For every ounce of ketchup, you're getting like 75 milligrams of sulfites. That's more than a bottle of wine. It's, it's grams or milligrams? Grams. Oh, he did the it's, math. It's, no, it's parts per million. Parts per million. Excuse me. Parts per million. million. Yes. Yeah, so, excuse me. So 75 parts per million on a single ounce of ketchup, which I, is per my French fry, by the way. It's, totally. It's it to 100 parts per million. 100 parts per million for ketchup. Oh. Um, so if I have a side of ketchup for my fries, but my fries also have that, like, how yeah. is that equal to bottles of wine? About a bottle on average, probably. It would take 25 to 30 bottles of wine to equate one bottle of ketchup. So, like, four packets of ketchup would be... A couple like, sips of wine. Like, like a couple sips of wine, for the most part. Yeah. So like it's not, it's which, not by the way, thing. you can't get a headache from drinking ketchup because you'll puke first. <laughs> and that was one of the things in this uh, debate I was having was everybody was an armchair doctor. And they were like, well, how many parts per million in this? And how many parts per that's?" And everybody literally started going down. Talk about parts per million. I was like, wait, wait, wait. It doesn't matter. If you have an allergy, you have an allergy. Like, yeah. it, honestly, if you have, if you eat ketchup and you get a hangover or a headache, well, maybe you have an issue. Well, and, and it's probably the shit ton of sugar well, that's the, in ketchup the, too. Yeah, the hangover has, has nothing to do with anything. It has nothing to yeah. do with it, and that cracks me up. But Jonathan, to your point, like of of the UK allowing X amount parts per million versus the US, like it's the same, right? No, yeah, it, it is. It's part, different by however, like forty parts. Nobody's there's no reason to spend more money on putting this component in your wine i mean it it's already there you're after primary fermentation so when we when you know during the production side of things when we look at okay we picked these grapes they're 23 percent sugar okay now they're fermenting naturally because spontaneously <laughs> spontaneously <laughs> it happened out of nowhere oh my so. god <laughs> I didn't know that wine could do the grapes could do this. <laughs> Holy Jesus. The right. only time there was spontaneous <laughs> fermentation. Only want Jesus fermented grapes. So then the grapes start fermenting. Um, once there's 0% sugar, primary fermentation is done. Then you can look at free oxygen and, and SO2 levels to, to look at uh, secondary fermentation. Secondary fermentation not being... 
what we commonly use in the U.S. as uh, as a term for for sparkling wine. I mean, that's actually a separate thing, but secondary fermentation. Um, being the malic acid to lactic acid fermentation, yeah. which actually isn't a fermentation, it's a conversion of acids, but yada, yada, yada. Uh, looking at that second point then of where SO2 levels are and where oxygen levels are, uh, to only look at oxygen levels, who cares? I think we have what a new it? term, by the way. We'll no longer say malolactic fermentation, we'll say malolactic conversion, and we'll put that on the bottle. That is our, our, is, no, no, don't tell anybody. This is our secret. Our new wine, the Porta or the Chateau Commode, Chateau Commode, Immaculate Inoculation <laughs> is also going to have uh, malolactic conversion. Only we do malolactic conversion, and we're only going to use free range organic non non GMO sulfites in no, it, though. Yeah. The other thing, though, and I want to insist this only comes from a place of love in my heart. Totally. Like I, it. it Damien, it's it's misinformation, and this is why we get you, upset. You man. know, you didn't, you weren't born with every knowledge of wine in the world. I wasn't born with every knowledge of wine in the world. I am only point zero zero one percent of of maybe point zero zero percent of any knowledge that we'll ever have in the world of wine. But it, it, you're right. It comes from love. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to hear things that are just plain wrong i agree 100 it drives me crazy and this is why we've been on these rants now about sulfites i have a whole nother one about sustainability we're going to get into here soon too it's going yeah. on in sonoma with the sustainability yeah because it's just driving me crazy it's just misinformation or these clickbait articles or these sales techniques everybody wants to separate themselves from the winery next door how do you separate yourself well you're both sonoma pinot noir you, you, the only way you separate yourself is your name, but I can now say that I'm spontaneously fermented. Now you have a separate sales technique that you're going to try and sell your wine, and then people start believing it, and then people want to buy it, and then they start asking about it, and it spirals out of control. And it's pe dangerous. People, is this is how literally... I mean, well, no, I'm not. I shouldn't say that. I don't know. I was gonna go really dark and really deep, but I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't I, the, say the, that. the couple jokes I make, I know it really pisses people off. One is the gluten thing, and for me, the other one is the vaxxer thing. It's the well, that, that it, yeah, it, for it's sure. Just, it's believe this is, this is how that happens, and this is how the flat earthers are. This is how like, <clears throat> conspiracy theories, in yeah, a way. I, I've flown around the world. I've seen it. You can't fly it's around round. the world. It's flat. <laughs> you flew across the world. <laughs> no, I flew to the edge, and then I came back around. I see the, the soul patch. Oh yeah, the Sancerre is fantastic, by the way. Oh, that Sancerre, and and that Sancerre is. Do you say Sancerre or Sancerre? Sancerre. I was at Sancerre. Son. Sancerre. Ooh, there's another label we could do. Sancerre. So, well, actually, uh, do the Pinot first. I would have Pinot. Yeah, first. I'm gonna pour a little of this. You got two glasses. All right. All right. So I just love the fact that this is called Soul Patch Syrah. That is, that is so fantastic. Davis family. Davis family is great. Guy Davis has been an amazing champion of mine and my wife. Um, amazing winemaker. He. It was amazing, Damon, when you said on that episode. Piano. Like, I was going to bring that up. Oh, like if I. Well, I'll just make a wine called uh, Soul Patch Syrah. I'm like, no, it exists already. My, 
some of the stuff we make up, we just talk about in the show. It's just the random shit that comes out of our mouth, and yeah. that's a lot of the fun we have. And it cracked me up because literally I was like, we are talking about bad decisions we made when we were younger. And I was like, man, I had a soul patch. And I was like, well, make a wine called Soul Patch Syrah. You literally texted me an hour after I posted that episode. You're like, it already exists. And I was like, I saw that too. Damn it. And we've been talking about drinking this bottle together since that episode aired. Exactly. It's amazing how many great ideas get shot down because somebody did it before then. Like K Syrah Syrah. There's a lot of bottles we've talked about opening. And I, I know I was only trying to grasp my head around a handful of them. So, um, Let's talk, I want to talk for a minute before we get into the Reds about the Sancerre. Yeah, let's go to the Sancerre. And, and the reason why I want to talk a little bit about it, because... So Sancerre is Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. And some of them could be very acidic-driven. They could be aggressive. They could be... They pair well with food. I mean, stuff like... I mean, shellfish, oysters. I mean, if you're dipping stuff in butter and Sancerre... Fish, man. Dude, so fish is so freaking good. good. This is a little different style Sancerre. The acid is very much in check. It's not aggressive. It's there, but it's not like a New was, Zealand Sauvignon Blanc or an American Sauvignon Blanc. It doesn't have that aggressive. It's your favorite five-letter word. Smooth. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Dude, that's, that's, why, that's why I asked. I was like, is there a little mallow on it? Is it a little oak? Like, it came off so soft. It wasn't that racing acidity and everything. And it was, it was fantastic. Excuse my some ignorance flat, on this. Some flat earthers would say <laughs> that it's because that it's only... There's no native mouth. fermentations. So was this spontaneously made? Well, this was uh, it was this was 100% native fermentation. Oh. They only used meaning, the non-GMO meaning, sulfites. Meaning also. natural yeast. No, no addition of yeast was added into this, which no. is not an uncommon thing in 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 a lot of wines. Which, by the way, I just kind of want to say this from like a winemaking perspective, and you both know. So for people watching or who don't know. Wild fermentation is literally they crush and press the grapes, throw it into a tank, and they let the yeast on the outside of those grapes activate the wine basically to bring it all up versus in some cases, and I, and I do this for a couple of our wines, we literally make the day before or the morning of a beaker, a giant, huge friggin' beaker of basically the grape juice and we throw our the yeast strain that we want to use into this and it starts to bubble and then we dump all those pitchers into the tank the second the grapes go in so it immediately starts fermentation. Not cold soaked or cold stabilized it's we force feed the specific strain of yeast that we want and i think some people don't really know that like so you you can have your we pre-made the yeast batch before or we just press the grapes we throw it in the tank and we just let it do its thing basically yeah well with this maybe potentially new trend of of a term or or misinformation with how fermentation occurs, native yeast is cool when it happens. Yeah. And um, gives a lot of character. Um, the last episode that I was on, when we, we talked about Thomas George when, when I started that, and then Noble Tree, like <clears throat> ultimately was all native yeast fermentations. The first year was like maybe 60%. Um, inoculated because it was all cleaning things and, and brand new tanks and that sort of thing. But then it ended up being, uh, uh, after that, uh, all native yeast. But if you're looking at native yeast, you need to look at the other three things also. You can't just look at, if, if, the, if the equation for fermentation is sugar plus yeast 
plus temperature is the equation, that you can't just look at one thing being yeast. Then you have to look at, well, was there enough sugar that year to, to make it ferment? Was the temperature the right year? Are, are your tanks outside? Did you heat up the tanks? Did you cool in the tanks? Ultimately, it doesn't matter as long as you like what the wine tastes like. It really doesn't matter those things. It's either you like what's in the glass in front of you or you don't like what's in the glass in front of you. So to pick one of those three things to dissect from it is pretty messed up. It is. Right? I, I think about when That's I was a good point. When I was That's in a really good point. When I was in Montalcino, uh, one of our producers we visited it's so hot there. I mean, it's very, very warm. And mm -hmm. as he brings the grapes in and it goes into the destemming machine, it'll actually just start to naturally ferment regardless. So he actually has a giant machine where he sprays, not sprays, but he literally shoots like See, a liquid nitrogen basically to keep the grapes cooler. It's crazy. That was the one that was, you showed me the video where it's in the ground. Yeah. That is such a cool video. It's a great you video. Gotta, where he, I'll actually up. put it online and we will link it onto this episode so people can see it. But this guy has a giant built into the ground destemming machine. And as he's throwing the grapes in, they have to keep them cool because they just start to ferment because it just happens naturally. That's just the way it is. The second know? that sugar, the second the sugar hits sugar one yeast, all it needs happens. is, by the way, is yeast, okay, is that technically, it's a bacteria? Good silence. Great, great pause. <laughs> great pause. Mm. That was the first time. Well, but I think well, ever, actually, ever <laughs> dead silence. I have no well, idea. Because like, we're well, not chemists. And I don't know. I'm not. Uh, is, I, I don't know if yeast is a bacteria or if it's own category. But um, only thing like, know. well, in that was if it is. I mean, humans would be a bacteria. Well, we basically are. Most of our yes. body is bacteria. Your gut. So, like, all the enzymes in your gut, that's all bacteria. It's more but, bacteria but than the thing about like spontaneous fermentation or, or whatever the capacity may be of something natural, like without human intervention, you cannot turn a grape into wine like without voodoo or hoodoo. Or uh, uh, the, only, the only thing I would say is the like only honest to God way it would happen is if the bundle of grapes fell off from the trunk, hit the ground, and smashed open. And then, like, yeah. a bird would get drunk. Like, have you ever seen the elephants that get drunk off the apples? Yes, yeah, totally. Because they fall on the ground, and because yep. there's just a million they piles start, of They them. start rotting, and they start fermenting they on the tree. But grapes don't usually fall off most of the time till they're rotted, and most of the juice is out. And by then, birds will eat it, and, you know, whatever. I mean, I've never had problems with, the, like, all of our figs got eaten off of that one tree, so it's not like they're going to fall on the ground. Uh, it's just it's it's a it's weird what again talking about what people will die on on that hill that they want and the sulfite one is so weird it's funny because people love today with wine they want everything on there they want more on the label uh non-gmo um certified sustainable organic but within the industry everybody in the industry wants sulfites removed from the label and honestly like the sulfites isn't the biggest problem it's obviously comes down to the alcohol <laughs> alcohol is a true it's a poison <laughs> But God, it's so much fun. It's, it's and people get up in arms room. about yeah sulfites. It's just because it's listed on the bottle. That's the reason why. I'm, but there's so many gimmicky things out there that drive me nuts. That are but the the, the drops, the sprays, the devices, the the yeah. What are what the, are the, other the ones? crazy device? I don't know if you've seen no, any but, of these. Or but, but in you can again, you cannot care about sulfites in wine. If you don't care about what the free oxygen levels are in wine. So 
or the other express for one second that okay well, you know what this this wine they didn't add any sulfites to it or any sulfur and there's no so2 added to this wine okay well cool well I know that it's going to be bad for the most part or all these crazy other chemicals one of the things I posted on the website and I tried to show it during the video but it didn't show up on the iPad but there's over 60 other chemicals you can add into wine you don't have to put on the bottle well yeah exactly and a lot of those are not natural yeah. chemicals yeah, yeah well okay well, real quick then um, the reason why SO2 is added into wine um, mainly to offset oxygen levels. So when you, one, sulfites, which is SO2, uh, which is a, a potassium... Metabisulfite. Yeah, yeah, yeah Sodium yeah. sulfite. <laughs> to offset that... When the wine goes into, well, when it's in barrel, you start to look at the free oxygen levels. And the oxygen levels are going to uh, literally ruin the wine, whether it's in tank or whether it's in barrel. Oxygen will ruin it. it it's typically a very small amount, but you're always looking at after primary fermentation and or secondary fermentation, only looking at those two numbers and those two numbers dictate each other really what your your free oxygen is and what your free uh, uh, SO2 levels are so when you're doing that okay well I need to do this or that it is so minuscule of maybe to offset what your oxygen is there there's only one example that I know of I had a, 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 a amazingly close friend who I could would consider a brother give me a hard time that said like, uh, well, you, you worked at two wineries in Sonoma County. So now you think, you know, everything, you know, <laughs> screw you. Yeah. Um, which is true. Like I worked at a couple wineries or a few wineries, but also represented a couple hundred wineries in the grand scheme of things. Um, and, and, and I think his, his or her, uh, point was only out of a place of love anyway, but always is. Yeah. It, it was what it was, but like, no, it, it's like, this is very simple. Sean, you've worked at wineries, but wine is your passion. It's yeah. different. There's people that work at the wineries that get home and don't think about the wines. Don't think about the wineries every day. We all have something very much in common. We're very passionate about what's in these bottles. We're passionate about the marketing behind it. We're passionate about the, how it ages. We're passionate about how it was created, how it's sold, behind the, the people bottle. behind it. This is our lifestyle, and that's why we take this very personal. And this is why yeah. I think we all get fired up about these terms, this spontaneous fermentation or these stupid freaking sulfite things that people are creating, these stupid gimmicky devices that are all over Amazon right now that people can buy. Because somebody pops in with a, and, a stupid thing that doesn't do anything. And they anything. tell us, and you try and explain it to them, this is, this is our life. I wake up every day, I go to bed at night, and wine is always running through my head in some form of a matter. Yes. Oh, it's probably running through my veins at this point. But. Selling, selling and making at the same time, and making and drinking. Yeah. Like, we all like to drink what we like, but we all come from three different things. He's more in the middle because he does both. But you're right, when you sit there and you have somebody telling you that your product is flawed because of something and it causes all these problems, and none of it's true. We sat here on that last one. We said, I 100% I understand how doctors feel when it comes to anti-vaxxer movements. You're like, 
you're just, there's nothing you could do to fight it. So I think for us as people who are in the industry, we have to reach beyond the people we've already lost and go towards the people who don't know yet and say, listen, if you say, uh, my mom told me cause she's in the, she drank wine, her, her sulfites gave her headaches. Be like, well, you know, your mom has an idea, but here's reality. And then you explain to them with a lot more facts, you get the, the new wine drinkers to remove the sulfites. And then when we're all long and dead, the sulfite argument's done because you know, that ignorance goes away that sulfites don't cause problems well, i'm sitting at this table right now with two people that i truly respect and that i consider very good friends and the reason we're friends is because of the, <laughs> of, of this this little thing that was spontaneously fermented rotted yeah. rotted grape juice you know that's how we met that's how we met yeah. and this is why we continue to hang out together and be friends is because of it's not why we continue to hang out together. Right. Be well, because we also love like old punk bands and we rock blazers. And I love you guys. I, I, it's, I it's the soft skin I wouldn't, too. I wouldn't have known you guys or without I've ever met either of you. Totally. We would have met, but it would have been but also, sexual and on the street. I mean, you guys make me horny, I mean, baby. $20 is $20. It's Friday the 13th. <laughs> <laughs> but, but honestly, we know a lot of people in the wine business, but we all have something very much in common. We're passionate about this. Mm -hmm. We know a ton of people in the wine business that don't have the same outlooks as we have. And that's why we're sitting at this table talking about this. I know some people are going to listen to this episode and be probably fired up at things we have to say. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's what makes me disheartened about the industry, too. Like, I like super dear friends. Like, I'm not saying anything that isn't true yeah like it just this 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 legitimately is a thing like they're even the big guys and I, I don't drink the big guys but even those giant mass producers they're not nobody's really doing anything that bad necessarily I mean it, it's amazing somehow that you can buy a six dollar bottle of wine at, at the gas station from Australia <laughs> that, that's that's or, not wine. That's that's mog. We talked about before. Matter other than grape. Th th those are things, but that's not wine, though. But, or, but or, or, in general, a, a bottle of wine. What we know as wine. Everyone's running this. Well, same here's game. the thing. Like we are very lucky that a, you know, with the exception of a Napa Valley, and in some cases Sonoma, wine's not really that crazy expensive. You know, it's not hyper focused. Like scotch is expensive because of what it is. Whiskey in general isn't crazy expensive. And it's a very easy product. It's a product everybody wants. And it's also a product that it's it's so subjective to what you want. You Damien and I are Barolo people's Nebbio, but you know what? I like really a couple of grapes that people sit there and go, I would never drink that. Maybe you're a cool climate Syrah sure. guy and you want to fight that battle for your whole life because most people won't drink cool climate Syrah. I don't like French wines. I have yet to have a French wine that goes, <laughs> there it is. That's the best. Now, granted, granted, well, I know. I was, I was about to say, yeah. there's, there's literally <laughs> champagne. Yeah. And like I've had a good amount of Bordeaux and I just want, I just, it's not my thing. Bordeaux isn't my thing. I've had a lot of Burgundy. Now, granted, I've never had the holy shit Burgundies. But all the basic stuff to me is not my thing. I like it a little bigger. I like Oregon. I like California. But like everybody's different. And as people keep bringing really cool, fun stuff to the table to try, and it's just it's just such a fun industry to be in as booze. <laughs> so, Sean, I want your opinion on this, though. because oh, these we, are the crazy we, things. I, I, these are some of the gimmicky devices that are all available on Amazon. And as we know, people spend more time on Amazon than actually doing research on products yeah. sometimes. So there's four things that I found on Amazon that... Remove sulfites from wine. 
Right. I know. So he's shaking his head for you. I know. Who are listening. So the first one we're going to talk about is called the wand. Uh, I'll shake my head. Yeah. So this is a wine wand that you can just spin around in your glass, and it says no more wine headaches, and it removes hangovers. Uh, yeah, it removes all histamines and sulfites from your wine. No. And here's the funny thing. Here's the out of all the bullet points, it says. This device, you now have no more wasted wine. Our patented Phoenix technology in our wand restores open and oxidized wine to its natural state. No. <laughs> open and oxidized. So my five-day-old wine that's oxidized, I can stick my this wand in and go Harry Potter on it, and all of a sudden now it's... I mean, if that's the theory behind that, then you could take any wine you have and throw it into a blender and make your wine normal again. So it says that this device will remove two components, histamines no. and sulfites. You know, now, how much is that? Uh, this one is $19.99. Bullshit. <laughs> we can order one right now in packages of eight. <laughs> Wait, is it a one-time use thing? I think it has, like I think, a little filter on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, yes. It These guys like are making does. a so, killing. So this is called the Wine Wand, made by Pure Wine. And their head their, literally says... No more wine headaches. Remove sulfites in your wine. For all of you listening or watching, I will happily have you pay me $20, and I will send you something to help with your hangovers and headaches, and you will receive a $20 bottle of wine in the mail. This is going to get better. Trust me. I'll send a $20 bottle of aspirin. (laughs) It's easy. So now there's drops. Item number two. It's called... uh, Well, what? Let's talk about the last one. Okay, the, the wine wand. That, that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> it's fucking. Because what is, it, it's a it's a twirly machine, so the wine oxidizes, guaranteed. It looks like a spatula with a guaranteed not to give you a hangover, but maybe because it takes that long. The wand. Yeah, maybe because it takes that long for the wine to get down the threads of tube. But it's not a two. It literally, it's like, it looks like no, a spatula. It, it doesn't make any sense at all. With. A, yeah, I know. Or I, it can remove. With a Brillo pad on the end of it. That's what it looks like, literally. Or it can remove sulfites. Oh, these are going to get better. Trust me. Let's send people. These are, all on, these are all on Amazon, by the way. And they all have like five-star reviews. And I read it's, the comments. The comments are like, oh my God, this helped me so much. I haven't had a hangover since I drank this. Cool. Yeah. Well, they paid for <laughs> all Even of their we stuff. Know that- that sulfites don't cause hangover. That's insane. It's it's funny that we always joke about snake oil, like all the time, like oh, snake oil salesman, and it's just modern day it's, stuff that's still out there. It's the guy who used to travel around in his like covered wagon, going from town to town to town, and he knew after he was done selling his snake oil that he couldn't go back. Right to the, he couldn't go back to the previous town because they'd probably murder him because he just ripped them all off. Yeah, yeah. So here's the next one. Now you just have the internet. So this is another one. It's twenty dollars, and this is called. This is. These are wine drops. Wine drops are a natural wine sulfite and tannin remover. No. It is portable and discreet. (laughs) Yes, because sitting there dropping something into your wine isn't obvious. And their marketing literally says, this is a wine wand alternative. (laughs) Also made by the same company that makes the wine wand, probably. Now, here's the thing. So, by the way, these things are all natural. They're non-GMO, and they're gluten-free. Like, they are literally hitting every bullet point. On this, the only thing it didn't say was that this won't give you the measles, and this won't like help with your like anti-vaxxer mentality. So it says, it literally says, "Do you get headaches from a glass of wine? 
add these drops and no more wine headaches. Drop drop it wine drops will help you say goodbye to your wine headaches and hello to enjoyable wine drinking. <laughs> That's just amazing. How is this shit sold on Amazon? But a, I, a, a, I don't a, know. Well, a social solution. <laughs> the ultimate wine accessory. Like, oh, these are going to get better. I don't even know what to say. Like, it's so but, stupid. Well, but they're, I mean, in regard to removing a headache or not having a headache is asinine, obviously. Yeah. But people believe it. Here is a spray. Copper into, some sort of copper. Gives in the copper penny. Yeah, removes exactly. The, uh, what is it? The, uh, the cork taint. I've had well cork taint. You put a sulfane. Uh, yeah, you put basically yeah. a no s- copper saran wrap. Remove, saran wrap. Uh, yes, we've all we've all heard things. things. Yeah. So actually, that's a thing. There used to be a chemical in saran wrap that would actually bind to uh, TCA, but that chemical doesn't exist. That anymore. chemical is no longer used in saran wrap, so yeah. it doesn't even. I've done the research. If you on find that one saran too. wrap from forty years ago, it might work. So SO two to go. Australia's secret weapon: new spray for. No longer having wine headaches. Damn it, Australia. What the hell? This one, I mean, some of these bullet points that they have, <laughs> same great taste. It won't affect the taste of your drink at all, except perhaps enhance the breathing of your wine. This is a spray to spray in your wine. People that don't want or worried about additives are going to spray some fucking chemical in their goddamn wine. <laughs> 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 this is how asinine. By the way, shit is. is that one? Is that one? Uh, what was the term where you like hide it, like nondiscreet? You know, hide it below and just into your glass. Yeah, all these lightweight, small size fits in your pocket. Like, yeah. I'm sorry if you're carrying that around in your pocket, you are not the life of a party. Let's talk about Pinot Noir. I, I, I'll come back to these because these. I literally, I went down this rabbit hole for an hour. My head hurts thinking about that dumb crap, dude. This Pinot Noir is fantastic. Yeah, that gave that gave me a wine headache just reading those articles and reading the comments. You know what? Let's buy it, spray it into all of our wines, and see what happens. Don't say don't say this is fantastic yet. How does a wine wand reverse oxidation? Let's talk about this Pinot Noir real quick. Yeah, so it's called No Ancora. No Encora. So that's uh, that's my personal label. My wife and I, Adrian. What does it mean? Sea what does it translate to? Pie? Is that uh, is that a pie? No, the sea pie. The float, sea? Floating anchor. Okay. Or decidedly fucked up. No anchor. No anchor. No anchor. No adrift. Exactly. Um, UV vineyard. This is 2011 Pinot. No. Sulfites added. I think this is a good example of what a 2011 Pinot Noir tastes like. This could taste, I would say, 40 to 60% better had at bottling we added some SO2. You think this is. So you really didn't. This is no sulfites added, really? No sulfites added? No shit. And I think this is this is not good because of that. There, there is an oxidization that's there. So it's funny because I was thinking so here, I, and is, I, I, I like me throwing this. me on on the it, on the on the. Do you, on the table. do you are you saying that because you've had different iterations that mentally you're comparing this to? Yes. Yeah. Because I think if I poured this wine for somebody else and told them it was a 2011, an eight year old Pinot, people would actually be very impressed by this wine still. Oh, it it. 
is well made. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. But well, but it's uh, there's a bacony characteristic. There's a in reductiveness. There. To it, reductive. Is, that's yeah. yeah that's probably the right there's word a reductiveness for that. to it because of. Um, I shouldn't say that because now people don't want sulfites in the wine. They might get the bacon flavor. It's not fresh like ketchup. <laughs> no, it's a, it will, but it's not bad. It's, that is what it is. That's just the way that it is. Like, I think it's delicious. I mean, I really do. I don't. I did you know? I still love this wine a lot. I'm really proud of this wine. Um, UV Vineyard, my dear friend Ulysses Valdez, who passed away one year ago on uh, two days ago, two on days the ago? 12th. Yeah. Yeah, but, how, but, but here's like, the thing. Even with the flavor, it's still made. Like, it's still there. There's still some fruity characteristics in there. The reductiveness is kind of cool in its own little weird way. Wasn't 2011 a, a, not, a, not a bad year, but like a cooler, wetter super cool year? cool year, super wet year. I accidentally crashed a truck um, during this year <laughs> like while picking up my fruit. Uh, while picking up Thomas George fruit and this and then did you crash it before you picked up the fruit or after you picked up the fruit? Was T Boz in the car as well? No, Jesus, my buddy, he was like directing me so amazingly eight ways to Sunday of like, <laughs> like like it took like a good hour and a half to try to get out of this like ditch. T Boz the sheep, uh Oh, that would have been no. She was already messed up, so she was already. <laughs> that was so. Like twenty ten was when the accident happened with T. Boz and Chili and, and oh, that was Peeves. okay. So that was actually way before that. Yeah, I like this. Like this is <laughs> so to me. The second I drank it, I thought of bacon, but there's a weird characteristic to this that I kind of like. That's unique. I swirled it around my mouth, drank it. I got some Pinot characters, but it holds all the flavor, and it's gonna be weird to the side of my cheeks and almost an oily characteristic my, but like not like oily like i just i can it's gonna sound weird i taste it on the side of my cheeks like it's all there yeah it's full the oak is not high which is really refreshing because we had a pinot nice. I, yeah jacks was good but there was one we had a while ago we were at quench and uh dude there was a pinot noir straight tastes like straight up chocolate and coffee because it was a thousand percent oak in it and you're just like jesus christ <laughs> this is cool in the sense of almost going against everything that i talk about now but um it is naturally fermented but but most people do not inoculate anyway um all then i'm trying to think now 2011 so then once everything had fermented dry removing all the juice into barrel and the barrel only was um, punchins. So punchins, <laughs> which are double size barrels. Uh, and then, so racking naturally into those. How uh, much of this did you make? Uh, a handful of punchins. I mean, whatever that is, uh, 350, 450. For 2011, I don't, I don't remember at this point. You had 350 punchins? No, no, 350 cases. Oh, I was like, damn, that's yeah. a warehouse of wine. If one punchin is 50 cases, yeah. okay. a handful of punchins. I was like, I'm like, I'm in my mind, I'm picturing 350 punchins, and I'm like, dude, that's like a Walmart. <laughs> Not really, but. But then most importantly, the back of the label. 
Yeah, this, is it C pi the C or is it C? The C P the C. Second There's long our second pause. Long pause. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Come on. Uh, from uh, Pee Wee Herman, uh, who was uh, Phil Hartman's famous I, line. Oh, Phil Hartman was great. I don't. C- I never watched. P- the C. Uh, I never saw Pee Wee Herman. Different generation. Different generation. I don't think he's actually seen Caddyshack yet. <laughs> or whatever. I haven't seen Caddyshack. <laughs> I'm sorry. Or or Groundhog one thing Day. you guys talked about too on the on the fermentation episode last time or the the sulfide the, episode the sulfide episode was the how younger generations are looking at what the labels look like. Yes. What I've seen so much has been labels that look like they belong at Mimi's Cafe. <laughs> like, like in in that like like a weird like like a dancing fox. Like, uh, oh, in a, in a I know bon- what you're thinking. The one with the little bear with the tutu, like, the like so many things, but, but it's like a natural wine thing. And like, and there's like a, there's like a hen wearing like a bonnet. Yeah. I think that's part of the next generation though. I mean, they <sighs> really, more than what's in it. They want to have a label that looks like they're a wine that their parents didn't drink or their grandparents didn't drink. But it's exactly what the label looks like, what their parents drank or, or grandparents drank it looks like mimi's cafe and there's nothing we, wrong with mimi's cafe we should make a non-gendered bottle of wine instead of having a bordeaux that's masculine and a burgundy oh. that's feminine because of the soft shoulders broad shoulders just non-gender bottle oh i got into a fight with somebody in italy about that whole thing because i was calling a wine masculine and feminine once and she did not want to hear me talk about masculine g- and feminine g- wines. gender and wines and it led to an argument and it led to me not sitting next to her ever again. Well, next time she says something about, or he or whoever says anything about a flavor, and I'd be like, I, I take offense to that. I don't, I'm, I'm allergic to fruits, therefore don't you say fruits, it offends me. Well, I think of a masculine line. Is Jamie, you next time he bullies you, broody. give him my wife's number. <laughs> I'm, come on, you're the one who put him in stitches. <laughs> Hence why the small glasses are on the table. But literally, when I think of like a feminine wine, I think of something beautiful and soft and supple. And when I think of a masculine wine, I think of something that's like broody, that's got strength, that's going to like kick my ass. And this is not like a he, she, it, them gender. This is... Well, they're going to get offended when you say something about it's a young, clunky wine because it's it's like a teenager or it's a young thing because it's clunky. It's not put together and it hasn't, you know, matured into a thing. Now you're talking about ageism. But this person was literally like, wine doesn't have gender. I'm like, oh. Like, just stop. Just stop right there. But going back to the labels and younger generations, though, it's interesting, these studies, because they're doing these studies, they're interviewing and talking to these people, part of the I generation or the X generation, Z generation, whatever they're calling it, like the people who grew up with iPhones. Yes. And they have a little different outlook because they have the whole history of the world in their palm on their phone. It's not like us where we had to be Cliff Clavins and we had to know everything of the world, you know? Stormtroopers. Okay, but Cliff Lane was a yeah, right. totally. So one thing about that Literally. though is, if this makes any sense, I'm sorry, I I don't know that, but the entire Z generation with the phone is fly by wire, just scroll, 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 look, look, look. So yeah, the only thing that grabs their attention is some gimmicky or really good meme. So it it makes sense for younger people to not see 
certain labels that have names. Like honestly, French and Italian labels don't do really well because it's a chateau with the name and it's prestige and they don't care. They just want a super cool label. Like honestly, if you took bottles of wine and somehow put a LED in the bottle of wine and it fucking flashed and highlighted, number one selling wine in America. It's actually, down. I want to talk next Don, week. Don Perignon did it. Don Perignon's got the light up bottles in the club. Maybe, well, maybe, maybe. This is something I want to talk to Ian next week about is the whole French wines yeah. in America and how they're being received with the younger generations because I love Cornos. I see Cornos on a bottle, I get excited. The younger generation doesn't understand that. Actually, most of our generation doesn't understand Cornos. It's... Cornos should patent a color for Cornos and put that in the bottle. So when people see baby turquoise blue, they go, that's Cornos. But if you put Syrah on the label, people in America kind of get it. They understand it. doesn't mean they're going to buy it because Syrah's got, you know... Yeah. There's 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 jokes. What is it? Uh, what's the difference between like herpes and Syrah? <laughs> you can get rid of herpes. You can actually get rid of herpes. Because it's actually tough. Syphilis. To, yeah. Syphilis. Yeah. So what's the difference between syphilis and Syrah? Because it's sometimes tough to sell Syrah in America right now. It's got a... It is tough. This and, one... And, and it's even tougher than when you put the word Cornos on the bottle instead. Cornos, though, is meant to be sold to people who love Syrah, though. It's funny. I just zoned out for a second. I was like, oh, yeah, we're just hanging out. Oh, no. Shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're actually recording. <laughs> no, but what's... That's, go, yeah. that's the point of this whole show, though, is just to have a great conversation with friends, you know? Yeah. But and I love that joke. Yeah. What's the difference between syphilis and Syrah? Yeah. Yeah, you can, you can sell. You can actually get rid of syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I've had a Syrah on my menu for longer than any other wine I've ever had. It's always because people, I think Syrah is one of the best grapes out there and you just, you can't move it. You know why? No good marketing on Syrah. None. There's never been there. There's never been a time where everybody stood up. Like Cab is great. Cab is one of the best grapes, but the reality is, is marketing of Cab has it been beyond amazing. Could be because of, no, I don't know, man. Like, that's just, my, my thoughts is it's the marketing but, of but, Syrah. But what's what's been the marketing of, I mean, like we got we got post post World War Two, where the French had to come back, and so then there was like, yes, white wine with fish, red wine with beef. Well, champagne is marketed to be what it is. Yes, champagne is yeah, great, the, but the marketing is a reason. Champagne marketed to to be celebratory for sure, but then like what? But what what more than that though? I don't I don't know. I, I don't imagine if, if tomorrow tomorrow yeah. LeBron James comes out and Michael Jordan and Messier uh, and Ronaldo all step out and go Syrah's the shit. Everybody should drink Syrah. I would guarantee you over a three year period Syrah would be the number one grape on the planet because, and everything would be ripped up and planted with Syrah to catch up because if. The but, right but marketing would get that to go. Have they ever done that with any other grape, though? It's always well, Cabernet. I'm, I'm sorry, All but well, the big one for America was obviously the Judgment of Paris, because wasn't all of Napa, for the most part, just yeah, a that was hodgepodge like, that was of our generation, though? But it's solidified Cab yeah, in Napa but, Valley. But like, let's make it relevant, though. Also, Rubber Parker, by the way, was I, a big so, reason. So, so what's uh, you have uh, the baseball player, Rich Aurelia. He's got red stitch, which is... Cabernet Sauvignon. Rich Aurelia is the shit. He's awesome. I love that guy. Yeah, he's I love a good that dude. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Good, no, he's good, the good. sweetest dude. He's awesome. awesome. That's such good to hear. I just can't stand that. Dave Roberts because I'm a Yankee he fan. He had his, uh, <laughs> uh, not wedding, but his uh, the night before party, whatever it was, uh, at Thomas George. Awesome. My yeah. last wine dinner ever with 
Action Wine and Spirits we did with Bo McMillan, and we launched the... Bo's a sweetheart of a dude. Yeah. Right, well, we, we did Misuena wines, and we launched the new vintage of Red Stitch. But Red Stitch, Cabernet Sauvignon. Doubleback, Drew Bledsoe's wine, Cabernet Sauvignon. These guys do Cabernet. You're not seeing some great sports figure or actor or whatever going, man, you got to drink my new Merlot. Okay, but I've got one. Let me just ask you this. Well, no, actually, that's perfect. Merlot. Merlot took a hit because of a movie. Marketing. Yeah. Marketing. Marketing. Kill, it didn't kill Merlot, but it really dipped and Pinot Noir came up. Could you imagine? No, it did kill Merlot. It literally did it kill Merlot. It almost killed Merlot in America. No, it did most. kill Merlot. And yep. only the good guys survived. It did it kill did. Merlot. So let me ask you this. If you think that, like, what's off the top of your head, what's the best Zinfandel out there per region in America? Opelo. <laughs> We were, I got that bottle yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it, this was a joke last night because we were actually. Right. But if you think of like my favorite Zin comes Zin? off of mountains or high sites, but the number one seller of Zin has to be either Paso or Lodi. Seven, has to be Seven Deadly or Coppola or yeah. So Lodi Zin, and it's honestly it? Lodi Zin's okay. Michael, Michael, I'm da- Michael David's only because Michael of- David. It's Turley, only Turley's in. But but for your average consumer, when they're drinking Zinfandel, it's coming out of Lodi. And Turley has a and name. And that's because of marketing. Turley believe, has a name. They have an allocation. But you know what? The average consumer. We're not the average consumer. We're talking about. We got to talk about the average. My I family. Say it's the average consumer that's drinking it. It's only because it's the price point, though. It's why it's out of Lodi. Because you can get I mean, Rock Pile Zinfandel is quintessential. Zinfandel in the United States. Like that, that's, that's the best thing you can get. Yeah. But it's... But everything even then. You know, think about, think about all the more. regions. All the regions we buy. Brunello, Barolo, Bordeaux, Burgundy. The marketing behind that is the most important. The only thing that's battling that now, in my opinion, is who has the most money to fling in marketing. There's a reason Yellowtail is everywhere. There's a reason Mandavi is what they are because of the marketing aspect. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying what they did for where they're at, they threw so much money into marketing as being the quintessential cab or the quintessential part. uh, Do the Rue for Yellowtail. I was about to say, Yellowtail did the Super Bowl ads. Their sales went through the roof. It was insane how much they actually went up. Through the what? The roof. Wolf. Through the what? Through the roof. Well, it's it's through our it's a, excuse me, no no. <laughs> yeah, wait, our, wait, guys, we're wrong. It's Australia. It's through the basement. Um pretty downstairs? Sh- yeah, because you're going down. You know, they're below us. They gotta come up. They gotta go through their basement <laughs> to get to us. I'm sorry. That <laughs> just woo, flew over everybody's head. Oh no, I got it. So <laughs> real quick with Australia, actually, because we're just bouncing around a ton of different subjects. Uh, Australia, I just read an article. There's a lot of winemakers right now that are actually getting away from calling it Shiraz. Shiraz is ruined. the over-extracted, big, juicy version. There's a lot of people actually making Syrah now in Bad Australia. new marketing. This is Syrah. This smells like black pepper. By the way, this, okay, this Syrah is so weird to me. Let's what talk it, about this Syrah. I do. I want to talk we? about this. I'm so, I'm, so, I'm so happy you brought this just because the whole Can I, I want to start Syrah. on this. Like, I want to, this please. smells like a soul patch. It smells like lavender candle. So you smell this a lot of, of, have you smelled a lot of soul patches in your life? I, you see this? No, I, YouTubers, this just hangs. It actually, to me, no, honestly, this wine smells like a lavender candle. It, yes, I get that. Yeah, right? This lavender wine candle. is like heaven, man. I haven't even tasted um, it yet because Guy weird. Davis. So who's Guy Davis? Tell us about him, please. I'd love to hear it. I want to hear the story. Not only like 
one of the most amazing natural producers in all of Sonoma County. And, and whatever natural means, though, but like, because <laughs> he grows his own grapes, picks his own fruit, He's, makes his he own wine. He ferments spontaneously. Exactly. But because he knows what he's doing, therefore, then. And that's a hefty the, bottle, the, the too. Black, the the oh. pepper's there, by the way. Like, it's subtly there, but I'm still, like, just so having I, a candle. So, he's, got, he's got two amazing sons. So Davis Family Vineyards. Cole and Cooper. Cole, who, Cole, who is in the, in the cellar. Cooper, who helps out in the vineyard and also with marketing. And I find it really... Judy Davis, who his, his wife, who's like the most beautiful redhead you've ever seen in your entire life, uh, who, who helps with, with the family. This is the family. Like, this, it's a this true wine. family winery. I well. find it funny that he named his kid Cooper, too, because it's like, oh, you're talking about Cooperages? <laughs> yeah. Cooperages. Yeah, exactly. But so Davis family... Um, you don't see the wines around a lot, though. Are they mostly tiny production? Tiny. So, so tiny you have to go production. visit them to buy their wines. Pretty yeah, much. exactly. These well, are not going to be. Where, where uh, in the Russian River Quill, are they? Quill carries them in Arizona, but it's like tiny. I mean, like they get whatever. So if people flew six, six packs of this, six packs of that. So if they flew in, they went to Napa or Sonoma. Where in Sonoma are they? Russian River Valley, right? The heart of the town of Healdsburg. Oh, so they're in Healdsburg. Okay, yeah. cool. This is this is nice. See, I personally right like some Hirsch. Ooh, nice. See, I like awesome. cool climate. I like softer. By the way, the tannin on this is it hits you fast, but it kind of dissolves away nicely. It's very incense. It's not aggressive. It's, it's very incensey. Incensey. Does that make of, yeah. like Nag Champa kind of like they're like like if hippie at, hippie store like on the nose? It's I, I would say if somebody put this down in front of me, I wouldn't think Syrah. But tasting it. Reminds me of Syrah. But granted, what is this, 11? But it's not heavy. That 2011. Yeah. 11. It doesn't have that heavy weight that some Syrahs have where it's like that bacon fat. You but know. I think Sean said that earlier. He said the, the cool climate. So it, think about that. We don't say cool climate cab. We don't say hot climate cab. We say cool climate Syrah versus Syrah. Because everybody knows like if you have Shiraz or big Syrah, bacony jamminess like it's just a fat wine tons of alcohol i like cool climate syrah it's got some there's one i like called wax wing cool climate 13 percent alcohol it's soft it's easy dude you can drink it with anything it's fantastic i like syrah so last bottle wines posted a picture on their facebook of a bottle from like 1830 that had been opened up that they found in a tomb of somebody and i'll show you this post Wait, um, somebody posted it. The last last bottle, eighteen thirty. So so they they uncovered a tomb that had wines in it. Like they they pulled some bottles out. Last bottle doesn't have it, but they actually posted a picture of. Hey, I didn't realize cell phones were around then. <laughs> it's a, mo a modern My day mind picture. Is blown right now. It's a picture today of a wine that was produced two hundred <laughs> years ago, and they said. It probably doesn't taste any good, but how cool is this wine? And my comment goes, well, it probably still tastes better than warm climate Chardonnay. Yeah. And their, their comment back was, shots fired. Because <laughs> <laughs> we talk about cool climate and warm climate. Yeah. I don't think people necessarily understand that. But Warm so climate Shiraz is just miserably terrible. Well, it's, that's a lot of regions in Australia are warm climate yeah. Shiraz. Cool climate. Yeah. A warm climate Chardonnay makes me cringe. What do you guys think about this, Syrah? I think it's fucking delicious. It I, makes me want to cuss. Be, I, this, think it, I think this would stump a lot of people on Syrah, but when you told them it was Syrah, they'd be like, oh, there's a little, like, 
And maybe it's just or, my nose. Maybe it is what it is. But like, I'm not, I'm not getting this the Serranus out this, of it. This to me is when you, when you know the area, and you uh, know, and, and what you know what you're talking about, then like. Yeah, no one's screwing around and doing whatever. So would you say this is like a real terroir, like Syrah? Oh, that's a weird thing. Terroir. That is a weird thing Syrah. to say. Hey, mm. Terroir. Terroir. Hey, it's a terroir. Syrah. Hey, <laughs> if it was Syrah. meant to be, it was. But well, it, 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 this, this is a true wine. So like, it, and, and then when you know Guy Davis, Judy Davis, Cole Davis... And his wife, and Cooper Davis, and his girl, and and now their new kid, and then and and the grandkid Luke, and then all the rest of their grandkids. Like like when you know that family, like no, this 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 is the wine. Like this is what it tastes like. See, I like that he likes that. He knows he likes this wine not only because he likes the wine, but he knows the family. He just named it off to everybody in there. Mm. That's how you know you. But it's like not something. it's not because I know the family, but. But it, but you love the wine enough to constantly go back and get to know these people and appreciate this wine and know that by the way this isn't a mass produced it's not machine done you're like dude these guys put their heart and soul into the wine the soul patch soul patch Syrah by the way they definitely missed I, out by not having a piece of fuzz on the uh, neck of the bottle I just can't believe <laughs> oh, how like Greg Davis you can't you can't even buy his wines they're all sold sold out before are they really you get them. oh yeah oh good for them. Seriously though, I hope somebody has a soul patch in that family because if they're not, I just because they're sold out. Oh, guy does. <sighs> cool, <Yeah>. Dustin. <laughs> guy Davis is like the most beautifully striking man. Like he just like <laughs> is like, he the is like, he the Tom Brady of winemaking? Yeah, <laughs> very much so. He's like a beautiful man. Like. I like great. I'm gonna go to this winery and he's just gonna have like a sledgehammer on his back, waving with the sun shining behind exactly. him. Welcome to my winery. Everybody. There's just doves flying behind him like, when he walks in the room. <laughs> his wife just floats wife. out on a cloud with a charcuterie board and it's just sunbeam shining up. <laughs> no, you guys will meet. You'll meet some meet guy. Oh, we'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you will not have a wife like Judy Davis. Well, I'm not going to have a wife, so that's not that If category. you are not Guy Davis. Like, yeah, they're both. And, and Guy, Guy, Guy Davis, Davis will not have a wife like Judy the Davis. the Zeus so. of winemaking. Yeah. I love it. I, we should get a painting of that one where it's just some big-ass dude in a winemaker, or uh, excuse me, in their winery. There's just something so intriguing about this. Like, there's... Lavender candle, man. I'm telling you, this smells so good. But there's, it just doesn't come across Sirage to me. There are... Few wines out there that make me quiet, and this gets the wheels turning so much as I smell it and I taste it. Really, to me, it's just got that such a deep incense, perfumey nose. I know you're talking about candles and lavender, and it's freaking awesome. 2011 Syrah. I like that. By the way, thank you for obviously bringing all these because we did an entire 2011 Pinot and Syrah, and maybe. It's because of that vintage, but everything came off soft, real soft. 2011 was a tough vintage in, well, in Sonoma County anyway. It was a great was vintage in Europe. Sonoma? I mean, in Europe it was great, but that's the thing about some of these vintages. You can't just say, like, you can't generalize anything. Yeah. Well, and, it could have been amazing in Santa Barbara and terrible in Sonoma. And I was about to say the thing is, it might be mediocre in Sonoma, but maybe Napa was even better. We moved to Sonoma County end of 09, early 2010. I say both because both was true. 
Summer of 10, Summer of 11 was for sure like super, super ugly. Like Adrian was like, this is not summer. Was that like an El Nino year? Uh, I'm not I sure. I it was El Nino. Nina. Just like, but it just... La Nina? It rained a lot. Living that was the very house, first yeah. year I made wine. Living in a house that leaks all the time. I bet your goats loved being outside too. That Yeah, well, yeah, trying to clean sheep... <laughs> that are wet. That are wet. <laughs> that doesn't sound really like a, a fun time. Leaks, no. like, oh. Yeah, with with no washer or dryer and having to go. Like, Just throw the sheep in the dryer, let it bounce around. It comes out extra fluffy. Wash your clothes. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's a miracle that she's with me. Good for you. This is the Syrah is fantastic. The UV is. Definitely, or what do you call it? No anchor, then no ancora. The UV one is is growing on me more. I liked it from the beginning. I like it a little more now. But I think the one thing you nailed, and it reminds me of uh, when we had um, Jason on, Caballero. And he said there's that reductiveness that he knows when he has a Nebbiolo from Italy. That comes across in this, where it's there's this distinct characteristic on the back end of that. And I... I I like it. I mean, it's only because it's so different because a lot of California exactly. Pinot tastes the same. Like a lot of Russian River Valley stuff tastes the yeah. same to me. Um, yeah, I made 100% of this. Picked oh, it's your buddy. That's my buddy. That's okay. You can grab it. I'll snag it. <laughs> so when it comes to... But it, it, it should taste that way because it is reductive. When it comes to aged wines, I expect Syrah to age very, very well. Like old Syrah, like I expect... I n- I've never had a Syrah or Shiraz where I don't think this is going to age for years. I never think of Pinot Noir as being an age-worthy wine. Yeah. And for, especially something that has no extra sulfites added, that's aged, I think, beautifully. I know you had this opinion where you're like, eh, it's... I do believe in wine and everyone, that, and, and actually in people as well, and in general, with what we've talked about with... With amazing friends and amazing people that work in this industry, too. It just, the whole thing is. We all don't age the same. Well, ironically, no. it's all fluid. Some of us start. But it's all okay, but it's all okay. It's absolutely all okay. Some of us start, as we get older, start thinking wine has to be spontaneously fermented all of a sudden. And non gmo and organic and sulfide-free. I know, it's, it's, a, I know it's one of those okay. topics that bugs you. Like, I, I, the other night, you... You were ready to explode when we were talking about this spontaneous fermentation topic. I mean, I could see it in your eyes. I like, know, and I did explode a little bit, but it's just, what is it? It's more importantly, we only need to express love to one another. Like, and, and that's wine. Wine's fun in a bottle. Damien, having love for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. No, <laughs> come on, man. Totally. It's good. I, I'm, but it is. Like, like, we've talked about it. I mean, you're one of the first people ever to buy wine from me, but over the years, we've become very good friends. Exactly. And yeah, but this is, is like just the Jonathan, start. Every, everybody who listens to our podcast. Jonathan, even though the weird crop top oh, right here. that you're wearing, yeah. and then and the, well, actually, no, you're, we're on. Camera now, so people don't know. Okay. They don't see it. They can't see the Ray Lewis nineteen ninety eight <laughs> style crop top going down. Everybody who's in our industry who meets everybody always came from a friend of a friend of a friend. Everything, 
I met you through Damien. I made a lot of friends through certain distributors and everybody becomes really cool friends because the one thing about our industry is in the end, this is the product, but the product brings us all together. And that's what's fun. And then so when somebody attacks that product, whether it's with the sulfide things, with the spontaneous fermentation, with the eventually what will be sustainability and organic, at some point there's going to be wineries that don't have that certification and people are going to attack them. It's up to us to stand there and defend it and say, no, this isn't true. Sulfites don't give you headaches or head air. Spontaneous fermentation is it's not a thing. It is a thing, but it's not what you think it is. Don't go after the non-organic because as a winemaker, or excuse me, as a grape grower, they're trying their best to do everything they can to be organic. It doesn't mean they will be or sustainable. It's up to us in the selling industry and the distribution and the representatives to defend these guys because the product will speak for themselves in the end. Ulysses makes fantastic wines and his name will have a legacy for a long time because how well he did it. So we have to stand there and say, Forget the sulfites, forget the organic. The product that you are having is good. It's healthy, you know, for the most part. And it's fun because in the end, you drank that bottle with your best friends and you became better friends because you had it. And now you've got 10 more friends that you met along the way. And that's that's where we have to come in and do a better job in the wine industry to make people drink better wines, to drink this Prosecco for $15, by the way. Which is fantastic. Killer bottle of wine. It's one of the best things we've drank. Uh, well, and yes, it's the mama bear mentality. These are our children, and we are very protective of it. I like we, that we the are, mama bear that's, mentality. That's really what it is. And I know a lot of women that are like, "I'm mama bear. Like, you don't fuck with my kids." And that's how we take this. You know, it I'm is the same it's way. art. It is an art. It's a really douchey thing to say, but it's kind of arty. But that's the same and way it's that I, product. That's the same way that I feel with all of my friends and all my brothers and all my sisters across a planet who are misinformed on sulfite levels on this or that or oxygen levels or don't understand the full picture. That, that's exactly what it is. I feel like a mama bear. That's it. I, I, I think that's perfect. Thank you for mentioning Ulysses because we lost him uh, one year ago, two days ago. The wine industry. That's a big hit. Legend. Yeah. An absolute legend. It's not so, the same because of it. Yeah. And and that is the way that it is. It, uh, a, a true player and the game of the true players. But that's another thing. I love you guys. Love you, brother. I think, that, I think that right there is the perfect way to bow out for the night. Everybody, yeah. I love you guys a lot. I'm so glad we do this more and more. The wines we drink are fun. The people that watch and listen to us, we love you guys. It's the industry that we're in, and it's just it's just educating and bringing more people to the table every and, single time. And the great thing about something like Ulysses Valdez, his legacy lives in these bottles. And every time you pop a cork, it's almost like he's drinking with you. And 30, that's what's 30 years so later, awesome years about later, it. Like, doesn't matter. If you pop a bottle of one of his wines in 20 years, he's sitting at that table drinking with you. And that's fucking what makes this whole thing special. Yeah. Love it. Any final thoughts for that? Be good. If you can't be good, be bad. Totally. I like that. Done. Be good if you can't be bad. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We love you guys. Cheers. You're Sean. part of the family. Sean, thank you for sharing Sean, some awesome bottles with us tonight. Damien. I always love really this, guys. appreciate it. Bye, guys. Love you. Cheers.